Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. Always, always, always. And um, I know some of you, I think, have already gone ahead and ordered or, or purchased the Catechism Explained, which we are going through. And, you know, I will um, take breaks in that when there's something very important for us to look at or talk about. Um, but if you wish a different, um, uh, if you have questions or you wish a different subject to be discussed, we have the whole second hour for you to call in and we can discuss it. So um, um, I'm just thrilled to be with you. And if we go through this whole catechism, um, it, it'll take a while, but we have the rest of our life to learn our faith because we only have this first half hour a part of it. Um, and, and you know how I love to have a conversation uh, while we're reading it. So um, we are going to continue, and we are at um, the third section on the preaching of the gospel, which says the truths revealed by God to men were by God's command proclaimed to all nations of the earth by the Catholic Church, and especially by means of the living word, that is, by preaching. Now, you know, uh, many of you, that I spent my first 18 years as a Christian, as an evangelical Protestant from my Jewish background, trying to save Catholics, and we would absolutely oppose such a message. We'd say, no, it is only by the infallible, inerrant, authoritative word of God. The fact is... And we were taught that the um, the church came out of the word, but not so. The church wrote the word. The apostles wrote the word of God. And so the word of God came from the church that our Lord established. And there was no printing press. There was no, um, weren't typewriters. Everything was done by hand. So it took four centuries for the Bible to even be put together canonically for the Catholic Church, popes and bishops to decide which books were infallible, which writings, rather, were infallible without error and uh, belonged in the canon of, of Scripture. Um, fourth and fifth centuries before that happened, and it happened by the Catholic Church. I remember one very popular, strong Protestant pastor saying, if we did not have the Catholic Church, we wouldn't know what the canon is. Um, and so, of the canon of Scripture, what was approved and what was not. And so, it's very, very important, beloved. And for the first, basically, 1,600 years, everyone learned by preaching, by pictures, by beautiful stained-glass windows that told, and still tell in many churches, the story of our Lord's life and by the preaching of the word and of the faith by faithful, faithful pastors and priests and bishops through the centuries. And so um, I want to see where we were up to. 
Hold on just a moment. I don't want to. Um, And so this article goes on to say halfway down, it is an error to suppose that Holy Scripture is the only means intended by Almighty God to communicate to the nations of the earth the truths of revelation. How could it be? How could it be? A million languages it has to be translated into. Printing presses, methods of transportation. That's only in the last pretty much 500 years. And so... um, It was the will of God to make use of preaching for the conversion of the world. Our Lord said to his apostles, go and teach all nations, not go and write to all nations. This is just about where we left off yesterday. Out of the apostles only, um, uh, two wrote and all the rest preached. The apostles themselves were the books. The apostles themselves were the books of the faithful. In other words, Uh, Sometimes you've heard, uh, you need to know the gospel, you need to know your faith, you may may be the only book anyone ever sees. So St. Augustine said that too, that the apostles were the books of the faithful. St. Paul tells us that faith cometh by hearing, not from mere books. Teaching by word of mouth corresponds to human needs, and everyone prefers to be taught rather than have to hunt out the truth from books by study. If writings were the only means by which men could arrive at a knowledge of revealed truth, the Christians of the first two centuries would have been at a terrible disadvantage, and so too would those who cannot read. Um, I think, um, I forget it was by the year 1405, which is still a couple of years, a couple of hundred years prior to the printing press, um, that only 5% of the world's population was even literate. So even if we had a whole Bible, they couldn't read it. Um, Let me see here. Um, If writings were the only means by which men could arrive at a knowledge of revealed truth, the Christians of the first two centuries would have been at a terrible disadvantage, and so too would those who cannot read, as well as the great mass of mankind in the present day, who have neither the knowledge nor the capacity to penetrate the meaning of the written word. That it is the will of God that all men should know, should come to a knowledge of the truth. Holy Scripture soon loses its value in the eyes of those who have not the assurance of the living word, that it is truly of divine origin. St. Augustine says, I should not believe the gospel, and let the, lest the authority of the church, that's the Catholic Church, move me to do so. A truth which the church puts before us, revealed by God, is called a truth of faith or a dogma, D-O-G-M-A. It's simply a truth of faith, either a universal council, that is, one consisting of, um, of the bishops of the whole world acting under the authority of the Pope, or the Pope himself has power to declare a truth to be revealed by God. Thus, the Council of Nicaea declared the divinity of our Lord to be an article of faith, and Pope Pius IX, the Immaculate Conception 
of the Holy Mother of God. Thereby no new doctrines were taught. They were not taught. They were not new. But these truths were declared to have been truly revealed by God, and henceforth they became dogmas of the faith. When a child advances in its knowledge of religious truth, it does not really change its belief. So the church, the collected body of all the faithful, received dogma, receives dogmas new to it when on the appearance of some new form of error it sets forth, after careful examination, certain truths of religion in explicit form and imposes their acceptance on all the faithful. See, beloved, there's nothing that has been declared in felt by the church, nothing that must be believed by the faithful um, that has not been believed all along. The Immaculate Conception was declared in 1854, but that has been believed from the first century. I've been down in the catacombs in Rome, and there are pictures of Mary and the Immaculate Conception uh, proclaimed on those walls. So nothing's new. It's just that over time, if certain heresies creep in that would deny those truths, the church proclaims a dogma, as did Pius Twelfth, Pope Pius Twelfth, with the Immaculate Conception. It wasn't a new revelation about Mary. It was revealed now by the infallible um, proclamation that she was immaculately conceived, and the faithful are bound to believe that. We are bound to believe that. Uh, but again, it's not new. It wasn't invented. It is proclaimed as a divinely revealed truth that we must believe as Catholics. Um, uh, Let me just see. The dogmas um, set forth after careful examination certain truths of religion in explicit form and imposes their acceptance on all the faithful. So someone says, do we have to believe in purgatory? That's optional, isn't it? That's what I was told looking into the church. If you're a Catholic, you must believe in it. It's not optional. If you say, well, I believe in everything else but but purgatory, then you're a Protestant. That's how that word came to be. You protest the truths of the faith. And all you have to do is deny one dogma, one truth that is proclaimed as infallible by the Catholic Church, just one, and you're no longer Catholic because we don't have cafeteria Christianity. We don't pick and choose what we believe and what we don't. If we want to belong by great privilege, by great grace, to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church that our Lord gave his life for, Um, We must believe every single thing the church teaches. If we don't, if we didn't know it before, then we have to learn it. If we weren't told that before, then we need to learn it. If we were told it doesn't matter, then we need to learn it. All right, there's no problem with ignorance, but we must not remain ignorant or deny a truth of the faith. There's our music, beloved for our first break and we'll come back with this after the second break then we'll have an entire half hour for your calls and your texts and your emails the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 
We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. beloved, this is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as the Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to the Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. And we are going to continue in the Catechism Explained by Reverend uh, Francis Barago. Um, it's the Council of Trent, beautifully, beautifully explained. And nothing in our faith today goes against that. But the more modern catechisms, especially the catechism that is most widely used of St. John Paul II. It's just fine. It's wonderful, but it lacks a lot of the depth of the, of the one that we're looking at now. So we're talking about the dogmas that are um, items of faith that are declared infallible and must be believed by the faithful. Um, and I continue here. Before the definition of a dogma by the Church... It was only a pious opinion, such as the Immaculate Conception was a pious opinion, or one proximate to faith. Such is, at the present time, the belief. Oh, so this is a perfect example. Um, The belief in the assumption of the body of Our Lady into heaven. However, dear ones, since this book was written... Um, we had the Immaculate Conception proclaimed in 1854, and 
at that time, the belief in the assumption of our Blessed Mother was a pious opinion, but it has since been declared a dogma. Uh, 1950, it's been declared a dogma, um, which means it is binding on the faithful to believe. And again, it didn't pop up out of nowhere. It's It's been believed since the first century. But sometimes heresies creep in, people might downplay Our Lady's role or other things about Christ, and the Pope discerns its time, um, either with the bishops of the entire world or himself alone, to declare this an infallible doctrine. So right now, the our Feast of Our Lady's Assumption, August 15th, is, um, is it's a holy day of obligation and bound on the entire church. The second point here is that the Catholic Church derives from Holy Scripture and from tradition with a capital T, the tradition of that God has given us and passed down by the same Holy Spirit that um, uh, gave us the scriptures, dear ones. Capital T, not the tradition of men, but the tradition of God. The Catholic Church derives from Holy Scripture and from tradition the truths that God has revealed. Holy Scripture and tradition are of equal authority and claim from us equal respect. Now, this is an awful statement for those who are not Catholic because they believe that tradition is the tradition of men, but not so. Um, Even Jesus said, um, well, I was thinking of Moses. If you believe Moses, you believe me, but not everything that Moses taught was written down. Um, And so... um, God has passed some things out through tradition, the, the bulk of our faith through the scriptures, but other things, a great number of things through tradition, um, not of men, but of God, um, held fast by the Holy Spirit. Holy scripture and tradition, therefore, are of equal authority. Why? Because they're given by God. God is the one, dear ones, who said he will Um, establish his church. He will lead it into all truth till the end of time and the gates of hell won't prevail. It's the same God who through men gave us the scriptures. It's the same God who through men give us tradition that the Holy Spirit protects through the years. Um, Holy Scripture is the written tradition. It is the unwritten word of God. St. Paul exhorts the faithful to hold fast the traditions they have received. That's 2 Thessalonians 2.14. Hold fast the traditions uh, you have received, Paul exhorts them, whether by word of mouth or by writing. The fourth section now is Holy Scripture and Tradition. Why am I doing this, beloved? You know, and I'm commenting as I read it, so... Um, if you're if you're watching live stream, you can tell which is which. If you're listening simply by audio, um, you may not be able to always tell when I'm adding my comments and go back to the to the reading. But um, um, but it's it's all the same. It's all the same topic. So it's it's all right. And um, uh, why have I'm going to remind those who maybe weren't with us when I explained why I want to do this, because the evil of the world is 
um, blanketing us overnight. And so many awful atrocities. Thousands of people are dying all over the world from the imposed vaccine. Thousands are dying from uh, violent abortions and even... I hate to, I just hate to mention this. It's just too awful to even for me to say on the radio. The world is being destroyed and we are being destroyed. And the family, which is God's way to build his kingdom on earth, is being destroyed because the enemy knows without the family, there's no church or state and there's no vocations. And without the family, there's no priesthood. Without the priesthood, there's no church, there's no Eucharist. Without the Eucharist, the universe doesn't exist. So the enemy knows a lot. He knows a lot. And um, just as the election of our current um, president was, uh, I'll just say it, a fraud, it was not um, an election. They stole the office. Um That was done over very careful scheming and planning over time. Um, And when they were being found out, they doubled their efforts. That's what's happening right now. What's going on in our U.S. government, uh, I could mention almost any government of the world at the moment, but particularly the government in the United States, is so cunning, is so evil, that they're tripling their efforts to destroy everything right and good and holy before they're taken down. It's, it's truly amazing. Uh, I don't even like the word amazing. It's simply awful and it's demonic. Um, and I think, you know, there's no way, um, there's no way, how do you hold back an ocean tide? You can't. The only hope you have is you know how to swim. So I want us to know how to swim. I want us to know our faith. It's the only thing no one can rob us of. They can rob us of our physical lives. They can rob us us of our homes. Uh, They're actually going in and taking children out of homes now. They, government forces, are taking children in the United States out of their homes, away from their parents. The education system um, that our president and others are promoting will corrupt our children communism critical race theory it's all upon us now it's not for the future it's now and so the only thing we need to do is to swim um did you ever see finding nemo i love that scene where they were going to capture all the fish in a net they were pulling it up and nemo gets out and screams at them swim down swim down swim down until they get it and they all start to swim down and they're saved. Well, we need, um, I don't know that we need to swim down, down into the scriptures, uh, down into our homes and bring us up to God. Um, There's nothing else that anyone needs, dear ones, but salvation. There's no other name under which we must be saved than it is given. our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other church through which we can be saved but the Catholic Church. No one is saved apart from the Catholic Church. No one is saved apart from Jesus Christ. No one. And the many in the church 
who are destroying Catholics, destroying the sheep by abandoning the faith, they will be accountable to God. But we have one call after another, and I have one email and letter after another that says, Mother, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to believe. I'm so confused. My bishop says this, but this bishop says this. Don't do it. First chapter of James, don't be swayed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Don't let yourself do that. Don't put your own salvation and that of your family, your children, in the hands of other people. Don't do it. This is the pure faith that I'm taking us through. In the Catechism Explained, you can get a copy of it yourself. And if you don't, you get a, you have a current catechism and said, that's good enough, I'll read that. That's just fine. That will get you to heaven. You'll know the faith. All you need to do is practice it and live it without compromise. And your children will never learn the faith if you say one thing and you live another. They will only learn what you teach them by your example. So um, there are many homes, we get these calls where one spouse is Catholic, one is a Protestant Christian, and they fight. And I would say, parents, stop it. Don't fight. Don't show your children that the faith isn't true, that anyone can believe what they want, and um, uh, there's no sure way to know. Don't don't let um, don't do that. Uh, come together somehow to give your children the surety that there is a God, that there is um, He did found His church. Um, He did die for our sins. He did rise from the dead. The Bible is the word of God. There are things that that we believe together. So that's what we need to teach our children and not have divisions in the house. Um, it's, It's not easy, but it's doable, beloved. Just focus on God and think all the time, what would God, what would Jesus have me to do? And, um... And if you're Catholic, you can think as well, what would the Blessed Mother have me to do? Because um, she would never fight or argue. She would love and she would teach the truth by her life. So, let me see now. I know we're coming up, up, Grace, but somehow, I don't know how I did this. Um... Hold on now. Um, I don't know how I did this, but I somehow got to the front of it again. Um, Section, oh dear, section three. Okay. Um, There's the music for our break. I wasn't stalling purposely. I hit a button that took us off where we were at in the catechism. Beloved, whether you're following this uh, catechism of Trent, the Catechism Explained. It's it's gold. It's a treasure. Um, and um, or whether you have your own means of study through our current catechism or the documents of the church, the encyclicals of the Pope, that's fine. But you must learn your faith. You cannot live what you don't know and you certainly cannot love what you don't know. And that is your vocation given to you, parents, by God, to raise and nurture your children in the faith. It's not the job of the school. It's not the job of the church. 
We'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Prayer in Time of Affliction Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are. What can we do without thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in Thee. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our whole half hour together is my favorite part of the program and you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart it does not have to be anything we are speaking about but as i often say the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart toll free one 511 5483 or email at mother at we have an email from martha and martha writes mother What was the worst persecution you ever faced in the years before you converted to Catholicism? Well, uh, I didn't have much persecution growing up in Brooklyn as uh, in my Jewish family, although we did have some. Um, We did. My brother was once brought home by the police because he was stabbed, not fatally, by... um, some people calling him a Christ killer and all of that. So we did have some of that. Um, I had a little more of it when I moved to Canada. But um, I became an evangelical Protestant at the age of 32. And that began um, some deep sorrows. My my parents um, 
shut. My brother came uh, into Christianity a year after me, though he was Catholic 16 years before me. And um, he has four children. Um, and my parents shut him and the children and me out of their house because um, if we believe in Christ, as far as they're concerned, we've betrayed the people. Uh, we don't exist. And they would not have their children um, come in, they, my brother's children in their home, they would not go visit my brother. It was a very difficult time. I never blamed my parents uh, for it because they don't understand faith is a gift. But I will happily, happily, happily tell you that before my parents died, uh, several years before they died, they both came to believe in Christ and were baptized in a Baptist church, but um, they're Catholic now, so uh, there's nobody in heaven that's not Catholic. So um, that was wonderful. And then um, when I went from Protestantism to Catholicism, I was ostracized. I had been heading women's ministries of a, of a, a good-sized church in California, and I was uh, put out of the church. Um, if anyone had anything to do with me on the pastoral council, they were no longer pastors and, and all of that. So to this day, I'm not allowed in the church. To this day, I'm not allowed in some of my cousin's homes in Brooklyn. Um, so, you know, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny price to pay for the incredible gift that God has given me, the gift of faith the gift of coming into what is the full measure of Judaism. Uh, the fullness of Judaism is the Catholic Church, and the full measure of Christianity is the Catholic Church. How could I ever complain when God, by his grace, has brought me into all of it? So, And even, even in, the, in the Catholic Church, um, many have come uh, against me, um, certainly from the Jewish background and more so from the evangelical Protestant background. They believe I'm in Satan's system. But I've the, the most shocking thing is that I've been uh, come against by some so-called um, radical traditional, not just traditional, but radical traditional Catholics who uh, would never believe that a Jew could be saved, all of that through through the route I went. It, it's just so, but you know, nothing's ever discouraged me because I say there, by the grace of God, go I. I would not have a reason to live if God hadn't flooded my life with his grace and brought me to faith. And if people say, well, why do you believe, or why don't the Jews believe? My answer is, I, don't, I can't tell you why they don't believe because I can't tell you why I do. I can give you reasons they'll give you for not believing, but... I have no reasons for believing. Believing intellect alone, and certainly not emotions, would have ever brought me to faith. It's a gift. It's an absolute gift. And when, I, when, if I find myself in heaven, I will be the most astounded of all, and there'll never be enough eternities to thank God for what he's done. We have an email from Barbara. She's 22-year-old from Spain. Um, now living in Colombia. It's quite a long email, and uh, Barbara, dear one, if you're listening, I won't read it through because Barbara already contacted me um, directly by email, 
and she does want to pursue a vocation with us or the discernment of it. And so she's coming from Columbia to spend some time with us soon. So I'm thrilled about that, Barbara. Um, Let me see. We have an email from Ashley. Um, And all right. It says, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm grateful for any insight or advice you might have. Hopefully, I've been struggling with frustration and even rage sometimes when anyone endangers my physical safety if at, or if a person is very heartless and cruel. I have PTSD from surviving domestic violence from both my father and ex-fiancé. I'm glad he's your ex-fiancé, Ashley. Um, and my mother died a few months ago. Ashley, dear one, uh, you're not to be blamed for your frustration and rage uh, when anyone endangers your physical safety. This is a kind of a reaction you can't even control because of what you've been through and the abuse you've been through. So... Um, Uh, Let me just say, before I read more of your email, Ashley, I pray you have a good good priest, a good counselor, a dearest friend in the world, someone to really walk through this with you. Ashley says, I'm in my late 40s and also have survived car accident, spinal injuries, oh, help, caused by an evil man that was high on drugs, who crashed into the back of me, damaging my spine for life and putting me in various levels of physical pain for the last 21 years. I am also a rape survivor. Oh, my goodness, my dear one. I am also a rape survivor and was once this sweet, loving person that had experiences with so many people using me just to discover They don't care at all. I learned I'm too trusting, sadly. I try to be kind to everyone as much as I can, and I try not to bother people with what I've been through. 98% of my family are very materialistic, and even when I was seriously ill a few years ago with mercury poisoning and terrified of becoming homeless, my own father told me, that it would not matter if I had cancer because at my age, I'm on my own and it was my problem. Wow, Ashley, you've got a a list of injuries here that's unbelievable. He basically told me to go die in a homeless shelter. His words haunt my heart. All of this on top of my father choking me and punching me both as a child and an adult over the years. My sister also disowned him, and he has been violent with everyone over many years. I no longer have anything to do with him. That's good. This is a bit of a lengthy email, beloved, and I'm reading horrifying things, but should I not read what is one person's enormous abuse and pain when I know that there are going to be hundreds of others who are going to relate to her tragically. I feel like I've tried absolutely everything for so many years. I've been through all sorts of counseling and tried every type of therapist that's out there. 
none of it makes sense. None of it makes any difference whatsoever. It's not just about my father or only about my spine being permanently damaged for life, nor is it only about how I cannot find a man that's willing to wait to have intimate relations with me until I am at least engaged to them. Oh, no, don't you do that, Ashley. Not until the marriage bed. Don't you dare do it because men will propose just to get into bed with you. Don't you dare. Not until the marriage night. There are almost no men left willing to wait even a month. Well, you don't want any of them then, Ashley. I don't believe in abortion, and I'm certainly not going to risk becoming pregnant with someone that doesn't even love me. Well, you're right about that, but I wonder, dear Ashley, you haven't identified if you're a Christian or not. Well, here you go. I've been a Catholic the majority of my life, and I feel closer to God in Christ than I have ever been. But it's like every time I get closer and I become happier, most horrible people surface in the environment around me and treat me with much cruelty. Maybe it's the diabolical working through them. I don't know. I'd like to know what you think. Um, you say horrible people surface in the environment around me. I'd like to know what your environment is and what your living situation is. She says, I go weekly to Mass and confession and joyfully and gracefully receive Holy Communion weekly. I try to pray the rosary at least once a week. I pray throughout each day. I talk to Jesus as both my Lord and King, as well as the dearest and most precious God, the Son. But I cannot stop myself, no matter how hard I try, to not react in anger if deliberate cruelty is inflicted on me or even to innocent others. Every week, I start over, and I make limited progress after going to confession. Very disappointed myself, crying weekly, desperately trying to figure out what I could possibly do to stop becoming enraged when somebody tailgates me, for example, or somebody has a bully anywhere in the world. I keep reminding myself to choose Jesus and, I, and not my anger. I only become this way when it is completely clear that the person knows what they're doing is very respectful and cruel, but they just don't care. I feel like, especially with my nervous system, trying to help me stay safe after being so damaged by heartless people, by heartless people throughout life, this is more physical, but I'm not completely sure. Oh, dear Ashley, I wonder where you live. I wonder where you live. Um, you, above all people, need a safe environment. And Ashley writes, I keep telling myself that it is, it is a cross I have to carry, but I don't understand how to stop myself from feeling absolutely infuriated when someone is intentionally affecting my peace. I keep telling myself to pray immediately to Christ for help, keeping myself calm. 
I keep trying to remind myself to to willi- willingly suffer, but it's like something else takes over inside me. And true freedom, no, and something else takes place inside of me and it truly frightens me. I don't want to disappoint Jesus, although I feel like he's been very gentle and patient with me. I feel like such a failure. My goodness. Um, let me see if we can continue this when we come back. I'll read through it, just three more paragraphs, and see if we can shorten it a bit. Don't go away, beloved. We'll be right back after this break. Feel free to call in toll-free um, with anything on your heart. Eight, uh, 877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross. We'll be right back. St. Thomas More House of Prayer and discover the prayer that will change your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the prayer of the Church. The Liturgy of the Hours is prayed each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. So whether you're an individual or a group, schedule your visit today. Go to liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. 
to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment today, and um, you're still welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. We are at a rather lengthy email from a woman named Ashley who has had more abuse and problems and uh, heartbreaking things in her life than will most people ever experience um, uh, in a lifetime. Um, I'm just going to continue that, three little paragraphs more. Um, Okay, she says, every week I start over, which is a good thing, and I make limited progress after going to confession. Very disappointed in myself, crying weekly, desperately trying to figure out what I could possibly do to stop becoming enraged when somebody tailgates me, for example, or someone is a bully anywhere in the world. I keep reminding myself to choose Jesus and not my anger. I only become this way when it is completely clear that the person knows that what they are doing is very disrespectful and cruel, completely clear, rather, just a minute. No, no, disrespectful and cruel, but they just don't care. I feel like, especially with my nervous system trying to help me stay safe after being so damaged by heartless people throughout my life, this is more physical, but I'm not completely sure. I keep telling myself that is, it's a cross I have to carry, but I don't understand how to stop myself from feeling absolutely infuriated when someone is intentionally affecting my peace. I keep telling myself to pray immediately, pray immediately to Christ for the help keeping myself calm. I keep trying to remind myself to willingly Christ. Let me just see this moment. I keep trying to remind myself to willingly suffer, but it is like something else takes over inside of me, and it truly frightens me. I don't want to disappoint Jesus. Although I feel like he's been very gentle and patient with me, I feel like such a failure. I've been watching your videos for a few months now, and my favorite is the one entitled, Despair Comes From Within. And everything you said has really helped me in other areas of weakness, especially how you accept God's will. I have no idea why some other people you mentioned ever turn you down or hurt your feelings. To me, you're an amazing woman of wisdom. Thank you, Ashley. A wonderful spiritual advisor and lightly one of the most trustworthy nuns and religious figures in general that we have in our world today. I really appreciate you. Well, thanks so much, dear one, for that. And Ashley, in her second to last paragraph says, I beg you, I beg you for your help and insights with this, and I'm grateful for everything you might suggest, especially what you think about what I could do to overcome my reflex trigger um, response, my, my reflex trigger response of becoming absolutely infuriated around cruelty. I keep falling out of um, I keep falling out of a state of grace because of this. 
over and over again. I feel exhausted. I'm sorry, beloved. Um, I feel exhausted and destroyed by everything that has hurt me so much over the years. Of the family I have, most are living in other countries. And of the few people in my family that were actually kind-hearted, I have only one left, and that's my sister. Otherwise, the only other kind of people in my family are all in heaven now. I apologize for a lengthy email. I'm thanking you. I'm thankful for you. And I'm sure that many people like my real, many people like me really appreciate you. I think you are a gem. I'm going to uh, just complete this last comment of Ashley. I like the way you approach difficulties, so I'm especially looking forward to hearing from you. Maybe if you decide to address my questions in one of your videos, someone could please tell me which one, if that's convenient for you. Thank you again. God bless you, Ashley. Well, the Station of the Cross is going to get this response to Ashley. My apologies for yawning at you. Ashley, oh my goodness. I don't know where you are in the country. I'm in Beloit, Kansas, sweetheart. Um, right in the middle of the country. I want to say, if there's any way it's possible for you to pack up and move to Beloit, I would love you to come. This is the most wonderful city, wonderful people, wonderful Catholic town, and you would receive so much love and help and support here. Um, it would be wonderful if you could move to Beloit or anywhere near it. So that's number one. Um, I don't know if you would be suited for religious life, uh, Ashley, but um, there are orders that may... There's one Downs that, that's, that will take Down syndrome... Um, people and Down syndrome, they can memorize, um, well, sorry, see how off track I get with being tired. Um, uh, Down syndrome, people can, can go into religious life, can do all kinds of things, and they're so beautiful. And um, we have people here who are, uh, who need help, who need uh, mental help. I don't know if there's anyone with PTSD. I think there is, by the way. Um, but you've got a whole community here to support you. We'll support you, dear Ashley. That's what you need, sweetheart. Not more effort on your part. You need to believe that God has allowed everything that's happened to you. I would call you, in a sense, a victim soul. Believe that as much as everything has come against you, people, your own family, it is what God has allowed he has allowed this. You're still faithful to him. And so be even more faithful. Trust God for what he's allowed. Ask him to work it together for good. And um, uh, and ask him if perhaps you should move uh, and become one of the wonderful people here who have found Beloit, Kansas to be a paradise. Okay, so I don't know if that's going to help you, dear one. I haven't given you too much, too many suggestions, but... Um, I don't know what medication you're on. I think you need to be on medication just to to calm you, to get you regular, uh, to have someone really good and professional to speak to. Um, but there are good psychiatrists, and I would say it would be wonderful for you to go to one. Uh, 
or a psychologist, it would be wonderful. Um, and don't be afraid to take medicine because that can really, really, really help uh, many, many things. Um, and go to someone who's quite familiar with PTSD and uh, him or her, a counselor, and let them begin to make suggestions for you, Ashley. But if you're anywhere near uh, the Diocese of Salina, Kansas, give us a call and we'll speak by phone. Okay, dear one. I'm sorry, beloved, that I got so tired at the end of this and was dozing off. I apologize to you. Ashley, um, Station of the Cross will get this to you. Um, God bless all of you. I'm looking forward to this whole week with you. Um, We have much to cover. We have much to be thankful for. And don't give up. Whatever you do, don't give up. Never, ever, 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 ever give up. Never. So um, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. And uh, cling to our Lord and Savior who gave his life for you. God bless you.